Welcome everyone to Stepping Into Your Leadership. I'm your host, Christine Courtney. Our goal here is to give you some actionable takeaways that will help you lead your teams. Thanks for joining us on this leadership journey. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Stepping Into Your Leadership. I'm super excited to have in the studio today my friend of a million years. A million. A million. We're not that old. A colleague of many, of decades, Blanca. We can, um, Blanca Wingfield. And if you want to hear more of Blanca, you can hear her in other episodes as well. As soon as Tatiana reminds me which number that episode is, I will let you all know that. But anyway, Blanca was here before to talk to us about the importance of having mentors and coaches and cheerleaders in your life. And so we're going to talk today about something that I happen to think she's really good at, which is goal setting. And everybody wants to tackle goal setting, it seems. When we go in to work with companies or I talk to people, I'm coaching people, everybody wants to get better at this or else they want to just avoid it altogether. It seems one of the one of the two. You're either someone that's, I'm going to come up with a New Year's resolution. And then you have other people that are like, forget it. Those are the worst things ever. And so today we're going to try to give you a little bit of a, a help with some goal setting, just some things that we have found for ourselves that work or that we know that research shows that works. So if you want to try something, just a small adaptation of something that maybe you do, or you have some ideas of things that can work and you want to add on to them or add to your toolkit, hopefully today you can get some things. Before we start there, let me just give you, Blanca, because I thought this was interesting when I was doing the research for this today. Mm -hmm. I'll just give you a quiz, first of all. What do you think Blanca, and you guys out there can be answering in your own head. What do you think are like, let's say in the top five, we'll do this like family feud style, top five goals that people set every year, like overall, what would you say? It's got to be lose weight, go to the gym. (laughs) (laughs) Something around losing weight. Good. Going to the gym, being more active, exercising more. Ding, ding, ding. That's number two. Getting my finances in order. That's one of them. The most vague one of all, I'm sure. Spend more time with my family. Yeah, something. That's it. <laughs> that's it. You know, a new one that came up. Oh, I'll let you go. You want to have another guess? Oh, I can't think of another one right off the top of my head. Sometimes, sometimes people say eating healthier, right? Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Sometimes the ones that are coming up now, which I think is interesting. I'm not sure it would have been like a, de- a decade ago. Travel more. That's interesting. And then that's very interesting. Wondering if that comes out of COVID, like people are like, get me out of this. Cause if you look at people are traveling more on the airlines are having trouble keeping up other ones that people say are learn something new. Sometimes quit smoking. Big one, get out of debt. And another one that was low down on the list, but I thought you might find interesting is be more mindful. That's definitely something new. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, those were some, you got the big ones though. You got the top ones. And most people, whether they say it or not, think every year or think at some point in there as the year progresses, I want to lose weight or I want to get more in shape or I want to get more fit or whatever those words are mm-hmm. that you use. That's probably the biggest example, but certainly there's other, there's 
those other ones as well. So whatever your goal is, or whether you're in the workplace and you're trying to come up with goals for your team or your department, your mm-hmm. company, your yourself within what do I, how do I want to move in my career? All of those are important in goal setting. One thing I found is they, that probably one of the first big studies on goal setting or one of the ones that is quoted the most is this woman, Dr. Gail Matthews out of Dominican University in California. And she basically said that if you write down your goals, you are 42% more likely to carry them out. That's a big number, just writing yep. them down. Yep. So if you take one thing away from today, you can get 40%, 42% ahead if you just take some time this year or some to write it down. The other one is that 33% of people that write them down do better than, or People that write down their goals do better than 33% of the people that don't write. So something like that. <laughs> They're more successful at their goals. 33% more successful than those who don't write them down. So you want to you wanna focus on writing them down as one of the things that it came up over and over again as mm-hmm. something specific. Other thing is only 8% of people who set goals actually achieve them. That was pretty depressing data, 8%. And that, I think, leads to those of us sometimes who are like, forget these goals. I'm not doing it. It won't happen anyway. I hate to be a failure. It's not good for my self-esteem. I'm not even trying, right? I've just given up. Because only 8% of the time, people who set goals actually achieve them. So we're going to try to figure out, is there a way to reverse hack that problem (laughs) and see if we could get that 8% up? And obviously they do attribute like that there are things that you can do to get these goals up. And in businesses, when they ask employees, people who are on like the front lines or like the the entry level employees in a lot of cases, only like 14% of them overall know what the company goals are at all. So there is something about just how are you communicating goals, whether they're your own goals for yourself and talking about them and getting support or whether it's in a company, how are you talking about them and carrying them out and writing them down and making sure people see them? So that's just a little background data with that. So enough of that. Let's get in here. I I brought Blanca in because (laughs) as someone who's been worked with me for many years and we go to set team goals or when I hear her talk about her life goals, a lot of times she is always very good at being specific. Her goals tend to be pretty on point right away. She gets it. There's not a lot of folderol and fiddle dee dee, so to speak. <laughs> Don't know where that just came from. <laughs> There's, it, it gets right to the point quickly. So let me ask you this. Blanca, what would you say in overall is the difference? I think probably for many of our listeners, they get this, but just to set the context, what's the difference between just a wish and a, or a dream and a goal? What's the, what, how would you say would be the difference? I think it's, uh, and this is going to sound so, so corny and so many people <laughs> probably already have heard this at yeah. conferences and meetings and things, but the idea of it being a real tangible thing from something that's like out there in the world that we just throw out every day. I want this. I want that. I think about this is it has to be in air quotes, a smart goal. Literally. It is so helpful. When we say that smart is an acronym. And so there's certain things that make a goal and not, and make it not just a wish or want. Mm -hmm. So 
you can want everything in the world, but it's about the action steps that you're doing that go along with that, that are going to make it either come to fruition or not. And so with the SMART goal, you need to make them specific, measurable, actionable, realistic, timely. So all of those things go into that. And so those are the basic things you hear all the time, right? Of what's the difference between just a regular goal and a regular idea of something you want, an actual goal. Yeah. Like when my daughter was young, she'd be like, I just want to be rich and famous, right? Yes. Yes. That is a wish or dream. Not a lot of action (laughs) or plan has been put towards that yet. We'll see. Yeah. So there, I agree. There's some purpose, there's some effort, there's some deliberateness. Mm -hmm. I think about the difference when you're setting a goal as to something you want. So maybe those wishes and dreams are the first things that are there. And then you decide, huh, how am I going to extract what's important from this that I'm really going to attend to because it's going to take work. Yes. And I think that's the part it's going to take is, and it's not, it's not always fun. It's oftentimes not fun, right? Most of the times it's not fun. (laughs) Most of the time it's not fun. Most of the time. Yeah. But there, with that comes a discipline or a habit of mind that starts to make change pretty quickly. So what are you, what are your strategies besides sounds like smart goals is one, right? And again, you can look up on the internet very easily, everybody, smart goals. There's a million different ones. Like Blanca said, we can give you some examples. And if you go to our website, you can see some videos of this and so forth. It's specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, or sometimes relevant. I see that word sometimes Mm -hmm. instead meaning might be like, is this really relevant to bigger goals in my life or relevant to like the big company vision or it's realistic. Can I realistically achieve this in this time? And then timely, like you said. So what are, besides smart goals, do you have any other strategies you use to achieve your goals, whether it's personal or whether it's work related? I think one of the biggest things that people take for granted when they're creating goals is you need to connect every goal to a why. Mm. Why? Why am I doing, why is this a goal for me? Period. Why is this a goal for me right now? Mm-hmm. Why is this a goal that I think I can achieve? You know what I mean? You need to ask yourself a few questions on that. Like, why I want to lose weight. Why do I want to lose weight? Mm. Do I want to lose weight because uh, everybody says I should or because it's on the top five list of all the things and I think it should be on everybody's list? Do you want to lose weight because the doctors told you that you should lose weight? Do you want to lose weight because you want to fit in your clothes that you bought? Do you want to lose weight to please your mate? All of those are very different whys to one question. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, whatever the answer to that is, that will determine your success rate as well. If my why is I want to lose weight because it's on everybody's list. Everybody should want to lose weight, blah, blah, blah. You're going to probably have less investment in that. Which mm-hmm. means you'll be part of that eighty percent that epically. That's right, ninety-two percent that folks that fail. Yeah, if you're doing it because your doctor said so, you may have more investment in that. You may have to look at your life and go, okay, so not it's not just a vanity want; it is a real thing. If you're doing it mm-hmm. to because you think your spouse or your partner would like that then that becomes a goal outside of yourself that still may be important to you. But is it something that you really want for yourself or is Mm. it something you're doing to please someone else, which if it's something you're doing to please someone else, 
depending upon your personality, of course, that lowers your success, your chance right? of success. Mm. So yeah. it's all very important as to why. And then the other one, why now? Oh, if you've been so overweight sick. for 10 years, then why right now is the time for you to do that? Why didn't you do it before? Mm. And so you have to look at that for yourself. Is it because you didn't have the willpower maybe that you think you should have had? Or is it because it wasn't that important or the variety of factors, but the why and why now is also really important as well. Yeah, that's interesting. I think I hadn't thought about the why now piece, but that probably does say, because we set these same goals mm-hmm. year after, oftentimes year after year. Yep. And why am I going to try, why am I going to go for achieving it? Or why would it work now as opposed to before? Exactly. Yeah, it's it's interesting because that kind of goes to the idea of motivation and consistency because obviously we can do really well. Gym memberships are up a ridiculous amount, right, in mm-hmm. December, January, February, and then by the time April rolls around, nobody's going to the gym, right? I again, and those gyms don't care because they got your they got you paid for up <laughs> for the year. It's a real tell of our of our inability to stay consistent and motivated. And that's just a really obvious one, but there's lots of other places where that comes in. So how do you think, what are ways that people can maintain more motivation and consistency over time? One of the things is, and I think you hit it on a very good point, is when it comes to setting goals, no matter what it is, we're going to stick with the the weight gain one. One of the things that people they jump to the end game. You got to focus on continuation and not necessarily improvement. Mm. So you mentioned this, you said this earlier habit. That's one of the biggest things about creating goals for yourself, because nine times out of 10, if you're trying to reach a goal, there's going to be trial and error. There's going to be a batch of time where you're, you may seem like nothing is actually happening. There's no movement on this goal. But the important part is for you to continue doing it. Focus on continuation and building a habit and not necessarily the end game of improving at this thing, like saving money. I need to save money. Okay, you need to save money. Are you putting away a certain amount every week or paycheck to save money? That's great. That And you continue to do that, even if your roof caves in and now you have to take money from that savings and put it towards the other thing that's very important in your life and that can't be denied. Don't go, oh man, I didn't save any money. Forget it. I'm not going to do this. That's not the point of it. The point is continue saving. Mm -hmm. Even if sometimes life changes, I have to save a little bit less because now my kid wants to take ballet lessons and I got to put money towards that. Fine. Don't stop saving continue saving, adjust your goal in that manner. But as long as you're continuing it, focus on that and not necessarily the end game or improving the thing overall. Yeah, because I love it. If you take that example back to your why Mm -hmm. that you said before, you're maybe saving money a little bit every day or whatever it is, a week, month, whatever, in the hopes that you have more financial security in case something goes wrong. So the roof caving in is something going wrong. And so you had money saved up for that. So you already worked somewhat towards that, right? Exactly. It's funny because I had a goal this past year that I'm almost there, but I think I've pretty much hit it in that I said that I'm going to 
instead of having an outcome goal, like something like I'm going to achieve this by this time, I had exactly what you're talking about, a process goal, mm-hmm. like a habit. And one of the things I noticed was that I would be, when I thought about it at night, when I laid down, like the things that are stressing me out the most, it was, there was a lot of things that were coming up around money and finances. And I felt like a little bit not in control there. And so I thought about it and I thought, what can I control? And one thing I can control is my spending. And in the, back in the day, when we'd go into the office every day, or we'd go out to dinner, whatever, we're younger, we would buy clothes and buy shoes and whatever. And I thought, gosh, I'm not using, I'm not wearing any of those things. My closets Mm -hmm. are jam packed with stuff. Why am I continuing to buy stuff. And I realized it was just a habit. If I go to the store, I'd think, oh, this is a nice thing. I want to do this. I want to, I, and I would justify it. I work hard. I can afford it. It's my money. I deserve this. I need to have this because of the job that I'm in and I need to look good. I I had all sorts of justifications. And then I thought I just go in and I'm spending this money. So that is one little thing I can control. And so I made this big goal for myself that I said, I'm not going to buy one thing for myself this year. That is a clothing item, shoe item, jewelry item. I could still buy like hair product, God forbid, moisturizer for my wrinkles. Definitely. That's not going (laughs) to, so I could buy that, but I couldn't buy the normal stuff that I would buy because I would just over buy. I felt a little out of control in that way, especially during COVID. I just was like, what am I doing? So anyway, I did it. I'm almost to the end of the year. And the one thing I had was my, one of my girlfriends, they're so sweet. Like they knew I was doing this. So I couldn't, I never had a new outfit for anything. So sometimes they would give me for my birthday gift cards to places so I could buy something. But one of them gave me one just recently for Christmas party and I went into this store and it's my favorite store. And then of course I, I had the little extra. So I had to buy another shirt with that, that I had Mm -hmm. to put a little money towards, but I was like, you know what? You've done a good job, girl. You just have this. So anyway, overall I'm coming to the end of the year and I'm like, what do I do? One of my friends said to me, what are you going to do now? Like you went through the year, you're just going to get to buy a whole bunch of stuff. And I went, I'm not going to have that goal, but I am going to be much more mindful now about what I buy. Because now I have a habit that it's going to be odd to buy something. And I think, no, I'm not going to run out because the why is still there. I don't want to have this worry about finances. And so I'm going to probably keep going and I'm not going to have a goal where I can't buy something, but I'm probably going to be more mindful about it. So that why is still strong. And so I'm trying to think now, what are my goals for this year coming up? And how does, to your point, I'm evaluating them going, What's the why? And is it strong enough? And why now? That's the thing. The the strength of it also makes a big difference. But I wanted to go to one thing you said, and you probably didn't realize it as you were saying it. One thing that's super important with setting goals. Sometimes we get very covetous of our goals, right? You're like, it's my goal, or sometimes they're embarrassing, or sometimes you don't want to talk about it. Mm. Half the time you don't want to talk about it because you're really not that committed to it and you don't want people calling you on it. Yes, that's but, true. One of the big things, another study found that people who share their goals with other people and are held accountable by people outside of themselves are 60% more likely to achieve their goals. So, wow. Okay. You just said, you said, my friends knew I was doing this. So what they would do is they would give me these gift certificates, blah, blah, blah. So it wasn't even that they were 
like really actively helping you with this goal. They weren't chastising you when they saw you bought something or asking you, did you buy anything new? They weren't doing that. Mm -hmm. But even that small knowledge of them knowing helped you on your path. So it's very good to have accountability partners when setting goals, start little groups, or if this is a work-oriented goal, one of the things you said earlier as well is that sometimes in companies, the company has a huge goal that they're working towards, and the people who are inadvertently responsible for helping the company reach that goal have no idea of that goal at all, or equally important, have had no input on those goals. Mm, mm-hmm. And so what we were, um, what I said earlier is to know that there is input in there. If you're doing a goal for yourself or for someone else, mm-hmm. that makes a big difference. So people who don't even know that they're doing a goal for something, they're, they're part of a goal that someone else has for them and don't even know it. How could they possibly reach that? How yeah. could they really be in any way helpful or impactful in reaching that goal? And I think that's when it comes to work settings and companies, that's one of the biggest issues that companies have. They set goals. They do not include their teams on those goals mm. of even you know knowing what they are or giving them some input mm-hmm. about what that goal could be or how that person will impact the deadline on that goal. Yeah, it's so so good that you're saying this. And I, I want to just add on to it a little bit because it's so important. It, what you're saying is that some people will say to me when we suggest what you just did, they'll say they can't control the goal. The goals are set by the, the higher ups or whatever. And I'm like, okay, what do you mean by that? What is set by the higher ups? And usually there is a goal, usually around revenue mm-hmm. production, sure. right? Your team has to produce this much in revenue or you, we have to get new products out or whatever the bigger goals that are set up financially for the company, let's say. But within that, you can still break down those things into, okay, guys, this is the what reality. We've got to hit this bunch million in sales. Yep. But what do you think you can do within this and, and have them have a brainstorming process through it? It doesn't mean you, you they're not going to do that, right? They don't have to say, right. actually, I think we only should set half of that. They, it's just more the how. Where are we exactly. going to get there that they can set? My friend, I have a, somebody who's looking for a job. And she has the goal of getting a job by February 1st. And I'm like, okay, but then you almost have to break that down into process goals, right? Yep. You and I were talking about this for our work Mm -hmm. too, is we're trying to do more in sales. And the hard part about just having that number is while that number might be specific, what's not specific is what is the habits, the actions that you're doing every day. go along with that, yep that lead to it. And so if she's trying to get a job by February 1st, I was just helping her brainstorm of, yeah, but what are you doing every day? How many calls are you getting out there? How much are you getting on LinkedIn? How many posts are you putting up? Trying to really break those things down into smaller actions. And I know that you're looking at that too, in terms of business, how do we do that? How do teams do that more specifically on a daily basis? So we take the, you have a wish and a why and a a why now, as you say, then you have the the goal that now has to have some sort of plan and action mm-hmm. steps with it. And that's the biggest thing. No matter what kind of goal it is, you have to break that goal down. Everything starts off huge. Lose weight. Again, I'm going to lose weight. Snap fingers. That's not how that works. 
it comes down with, okay, first you have to start tracking your calories. Then you have to maybe join a gym. Then you have to carve out time in your schedule to do the gym. Then you have to look at, there's a bunch of steps that go along with it. And mm-hmm. that's why people don't, A, break down their goals. If you break mm-hmm. down your goals into smaller parts, it seems daunting. You're like, now I have 18 new goals. <laughs> Jesus, I didn't plan on that. But the thing about it actually is, it's super helpful because you can look at those 15 new action steps that get you to the real goal and you can tick those off. Mm -hmm. And then you get a real people psychologically get a thrill ticking the box of I've done this. And so if you're starting off with, I got to lose weight, that's huge. That goes way down the end there. But if you start off with, I'm going to join a gym tick, that's a box you can get online Type it in, Hotworks Gym joined, one box ticked off. Yeah. If it's all, and then, you know, what I also tell people when I'm, we're talking about goals, and it comes down to all the little things, throw in something that you like doing in there in your mm-hmm. list as well. So if it's losing weight, then one thing might be get new gym clothes. <laughs> Boom. I like to shop. That's my thing. So put that in there, oh, buy yeah. a new outfit for the gym. So that gives me, a plus something that I'd love to do and something that's necessary for me to achieve those goals. So I think that's where people need to look at. Everything doesn't have to be so rigorous and hard and boring when you're making your Mm. goals and doing the action steps. Psychologically put things in there that you're interested in. And I think Christine, you're really good. You do a really good job of that as a leader and that when you give us as teams goal, teams goals, you will say, do something that you like. What else do you like that's in there? Certain people have interest. Tatiana loves technology stuff. You give her anything to do, that's a to-do list. But if there's some fun new technology for her to learn, I'm sure she's more inclined and really likes doing that. Mm-hmm. I like graphic design stuff. So like everybody has their thing. So if you as a leader know that you're putting goals on people, also it's good for you to try to look at the things that you know that those people excel at and also things that they like. Mm-hmm. that you can add in there. It's like your task sandwich. That's a great point though, because every day as you're looking at these goals, you have to figure out a way to make it more fun or mm-hmm. more something that lights you up at work. Yep. If people are just dr- going through drudgery, then that's a different story. I talked to a guy at one of the companies we worked with the other day, who's a salesperson and he's, I love traveling. Now that we can travel, my favorite bit is going out and visiting clients, mm-hmm. taking them out. He goes, who doesn't have a better job than this? I take him to Knicks games. I go to dinner. I get to go play golf. I get to do this. And he was struggling because one of his, one of the, he's a sales manager and one of his teammates doesn't like to do that. He's, I can't get him out and his numbers are lower. And mm-hmm. I think it's because he's not traveling en- enough. And so we started talking about that a little bit. And he said, I, as we dug into it, he said, when I travel with him, his, he's terrible at it. He's disorganized. He can't find his ticket. It's like he hasn't made the right reservation. He made two <laughs> reservations once at two different places. And he and I said, no wonder he doesn't like it. You know, if you're the person where that takes that much brain space mm-hmm. or that's that stressful, it's going to be hard. And so we talked about, are there other people that could do that side of it for him? Right. So that maybe traveling was easier or more fun, to your point. Or is there ways that he can be helpful in other ways? Was he a different kind of salesperson? So anyway, there's all those things 
things if once you know your people, because he said the guy is valuable. He has great clients and great relationships. During COVID, it didn't matter. You didn't have to go anywhere. So, you know, knowing your people and figuring mm -hmm. out before you throw the baby away with the bathwater, that old say it. Gosh, that is an old saying that I just came <laughs> up with. But anyway, I've got today baby with the bathwater and Falderall and Phil D.D. So I don't you're, know what time period I'm in there. In. I just am like in, I don't know, old England or the, anyway, I think you're right. Knowing your people, trying to come up with some ways to make it fun. These are actually really good notes because as I'm setting my goals for the year, personally, we've already set our company ones, but because setting up our, my personal ones, I'm really thinking like, is there enough fun in this for me to assist? Because we're talking about sustainment. Setting the goal is, that's the first part, writing it down, mm -hmm. yep. number two. And number three is like, how do I plan now for to be consistent and to stay motivated? And I think you have to almost trick yourself because our current self thinks, of course, we're going to stay motivated. They don't know that our future self is a little devil on our shoulder. <laughs> It's a little bit lazy, to, a little bit lazier than our, our present lazier self. and just wants to have a glass of wine and relax. Exactly. Too much information. Uh, so what about, do you ever find that people have, or you have too many goals? Is there a number that you've found? Totally. What they say, especially in the New Year's resolution-y kind of things, don't set too many goals. Because one, I'll say this, it's already hard enough. You think of a goal, it's a big thing. But then what we've talked about, which is what makes goals actually really attainable, is action steps under that. If you have, just say if you have three goals, you may have four or five action steps under those. Now you got 15 things to think about and do. So if people are like, I'm going to have 10 goals, like you're never going to get it all done. I never say never, but you're setting yourself up for a bit of a disappointment or mm -hmm. a lot of work, more anxiety about this thing than you need to. So I, for people, I like to do no more than three goals, period. If you're talking about a present time, no more than three. What I really like to do when it comes to personal goals, particularly is to do one short-term goal that's now for this mm -hmm. year one mid-range, which is one year to five year, and then one long-term, wow. which is 10 years out. Because you really want, hopefully, those goals to feed into each other. So something like weight, hopefully, you're still not thinking about losing those same 10 pounds 10 years from now. So that might be... Become <laughs> <a little> 20. <laughs> <laughs> I think I probably have... I think probably I'm still thinking about these same 10 pounds from 10 years ago, but... In general, when it comes to things like starting new real habits, financial things, those are things that have a longer shelf life mm. and can and should theoretically change over time. Mm -hmm. Starting off with, I'm going to start a small savings account right now to just save money. Fine. And then you have kids. In fact, now you have to start a college fund for those kids. And then the later one is plan for retirement. So there's a variety of layers that go along with this. So for me personally, I like to do one really good significant goal for the year and then one for one to five that I'm working on though. Mm -hmm. It's not like that. I have to wait till the end of that year. That goal you should be working on as well. And the same thing for the long-term one. And normally they feedback loop into each other. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that's very helpful for me, but definitely no more than three goals and with those three goals, you need to have a minimum of three hardcore 
action steps that will get you to that goal, that mm-hmm. end game. Yeah, Blanca was always very good with us because years ago, probably 20 years ago, mm-hmm. we were in the office and we all, we a couple of us realized like we all had some finance concerns, right? We had some debt. We had so we were in our twenties <laughs> in New York, living yeah. living the high life. Cocktails and shopping. Cocktails yes. and shopping. And then we went, we said, wait a minute, are you having this trouble? I'm having this trouble. And it was this kind of shot, quiet, shameful thing. And then we started this little lunchtime club of the three of us where we just put our shame on the table and we're like, this is our, this is the debt that we have. This is our numbers. This is what we want to get out of. And you took us through that. Now you just reminded me, you took us through that. Okay. What's our goal for next week? What's our goal for a year from now? What's our goal from, for three to five years? What's our goal for 10? And you had us write them, you had us type them up, remember? And we brought Mm -hmm. them back. We had a meeting, all of us, not that long ago. That was the hardest thing in the world. I was like, okay, type them up and just bring back. The next week they're like, oh, I know what they are. Like, I have an idea in my head. I was like, no, that's not how this works. (laughs) It has to be written down. And what did you start this whole thing with about writing them down? Writing them down. And you were right. Blanca was right. Blanca was right. (laughs) Son's recorded. And you made us do it. And we, cause it's shameful, right? It's even more shameful. If those numbers are bad at the time. It felt shameful. And we, we put them down. We came in and these, I remember those 10 year goals seemed huge. huge. Even the three to five year goals seemed impossible, right? I'd be and far and crazy out of far. Debt. I'd be whatever it was. I'd be able to buy an apartment, whatever mm-hmm. we wanted in those years. Anyway, it was fun because we went back and, you know, it's been over 20 years now. We went back and found those sheets and yep. compared them. And really we had achieved all of those things yes. that were on there or, and greater in many yep. chances greater, but it was because we started that first we shared our things. Yep. Like you said, we had accountability partners. We met every week, mostly every week for once a week for lunch mm-hmm. and, and did that. And that was at, at work. You don't have, you can have it at work. You could have it with other people. And that was personal stuff. Yep. Um, but it also made us better when we worked as teammates on goals for work, because we knew we had this experience personally that we could do it. That's so funny. You just, I had completely <laughs> forgotten about that till you just mentioned it. So I, I think maybe it's about time for me to look at that again. My goodness. I just, we're, when I was cleaning out my desk in my office, I found 2003 goals, my personal goals from 2003. Wow. wow. Crazy. <laughs> and it's, it's so, you can tell it's so old because like even the words, so it was like, close out your fleet bank account and transfer it to. Because <laughs> you lasted longer than fleet bank. At least one other thing before we close up for the day, I want to just say uh, something that I found really helpful is when we're talking about habits, right? Of habits of change. There's this great book by James Clear called Atomic Habits. And he talks about this 1% rule and that basically we convince ourselves, he says, that massive success requires massive action. And whether it's losing weight, building a business, writing a book, winning a championship or any other goal, we put all this pressure on ourselves to make some Mm -hmm. earth shattering improvement that, that everyone will talk about. And meanwhile, he says, it's just, if you improve 1% every day, you will for over, for a year, you will have 30, you will be 37% better by the end of that year. And that's just 1% a day. So whether it's thinking like, I'm going to have less negative thoughts every day, Mm -hmm. like calculating, okay, I'm going to have 
one less. And then the next day it's maybe two less. When every, Mm -hmm. that kind of math, you get compound interest on habits. And so that's sometimes good because when we think something's so big, maybe if I can just have do 1% better focus for me, sometimes I think, okay, this year I'm going to focus. I'm going to be more focused, more disciplined. Maybe if I can, as I'm creating my goals now, I can start to think about what is that in 1% terms and do that. The other thing is if you make a mistake or you get off track to not throw everything out. Um, not hold yourself right? that, you know, like responsible for past failures. Do not let the past failures derail you completely. Oh my God, I gained five pounds and now mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be losing. Okay. Start all over again. Yeah. Start all over again. That's like mindful practice. Mm. Okay. This is where I am. I got off track. Now just bring yourself back. You can write your ship at any time. It is mm. totally up to you to do. Everybody is in control of themselves, mm. good, bad, or indifferent. And at any given time, you can say, you know what? That was an epic fail. Let's look <laughs> at why that failed and start over again and then yeah. move back in that direction. Hmm. Yeah. It might be even interesting to plan for that. Like when I fall off, what will I Mm -hmm. do to come back? That's a Um, very good one. I hadn't thought about that. Like coming up with some things. You talked about the checklist and that you get a little surge of endorphins when you can tick off that Mm -hmm. box. And the people who know this the most, and we talk about this in some of our leadership development workshops, is video game makers. When you look at people who are very, you look at young people, especially young boys who are playing, mostly playing those video games, although now it's everybody. They're really getting, they don't have, you don't win the game before you get right. some, you have game, you, you have like levels, right? And mm-hmm. at every level you get a dopamine hit. You get those endorphins rushing through you. You get this hormones going through you that's keeping you going. Mm-hmm. And so how do we gamify our goals so that, like you said, whether it's a gym alpha you get to buy so that you could think of it as levels and that at yep. that, what's the dopamine hit? Maybe it's a checkbox. Maybe it's a reward. What is it you get to open? Maybe it's people or companies are getting good at that, whether it's Peloton or yeah, they have ways you, you earn badges and people love getting those me badges. Up. But the virtual badge, you're like, <laughs> that's insane. It's, you don't even get to hold it. Like it's just in the ether, you got a virtual badge, <laughs> but know. they love that. And you also have to, needless to say, with goals, celebrate those mm. successes. Mm-hmm. You have to. You have to acknowledge the failures, but celebrate your successes, no matter how small they are. Like, oh, I did that. I lost a pound. Yay me. You don't want to, I lost a pound. I'm going to eat a pound of haagen That's not the celebration you need. But it's the, I lost a pound. I'm not going to be so hard on myself today. I'm going to give myself a moment. Maybe my workout today isn't 30 minutes. Maybe it's 20 minutes. You can figure out what it looks like for you, but it's really important to celebrate your successes. And particularly, I've got to say this, and good, bad, or indifferent, I have two of them myself, and Christine has a couple. With the younger people, they need to be celebrated. If you have mm-hmm. younger team members, younger staff members, mm-hmm. goodness knows, they thrive on a little bit of doting. Or, But you have to figure out how that works for you as well because you definitely don't want to 
celebrate, but you want to figure out if they're doing something, what is their little bit of, if they've reached a goal, how are you celebrating them in a way Mm -hmm. that makes sense for the level of the goal that they've achieved? And for you, for your own person, yeah, it's the same thing. Like, how am I celebrating myself for saving? How am I celebrating myself for losing weight? How am I celebrating myself for being more patient? Any of right. those things. And that how you am said. I celebrating it along the way? Not when I've. Exa- at not final, at the end. Right? Not is, at the end. Is there really an end? We'll just have another no, goal. No, there's never an end. There's never an end. With your staff, you must figure out not just the end. Come on, grumpy managers out there. Find ways to to get celebrate small successes as you go. I love that. I'm going to try to work that in into my own personal ones based on that. I'm also going to, I think even us at work, we try to think of those things, but I think it is important to look at our team goals and, and look at, okay, how can we give ourselves successes along the way to keep us going, to keep us hungry, even if it's a pizza party or whatever we used to do with kids. Thank you, Blanca, for coming today. If you guys want to hear more from Blanca, she'll be in uh, future episodes, but also episode number seven, Tatiana came through episode number (laughs) number seven. You can hear I'm talking about the importance of mentors, coaches, advocates, cheerleaders, people. Also, you can download a goal setting workshop from our website. That's tlpnyc.com. If you want to look at some of those smart goals specifically that Blanca mentioned, because it's probably the best way to start, whether you're writing a personal goal or especially we use smart goals all the time at Mm -hmm. work. And I find that when teams who have not done goal setting before, if they just start with smart goals, it's you're 80% there. Yep. So Blanca, thank you so much for coming today. And we'll, happy holidays. Yes. No matter when you're listening, whatever holiday is around. True. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening and good luck setting your goals. <laughs> it's not coming out in the holidays. <laughs> but that's- hey, everybody. Greg Shammy here. As we're closing out today's episode, I've got an awesome opportunity for your new managers and people leaders. Starting May 1st, our transformative eight-week online course called Leadership Learning Lab will kick off. In this course, managers will learn how to build trust and engage their teams, communicate more effectively, and empower themselves and others to achieve success. Imagine if early in your career you had learned how to master the art of impactful feedback or how to navigate performance conversations with ease and even how to delegate effectively. This course is an investment in your team to help your company grow and achieve ultimate success. It's an opportunity that will help your people transform their leadership skills in just eight weeks. Spots are limited. Pre-sales open right now. This is a chance to get ahead and secure spots for your team members at a 10% discount. Use the code PRESALE, one word. Click on the link in the show notes for more info. And thank you so much for joining Christine today. I look forward to seeing your team in our leadership learning lab.